Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ho, 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 and welcome back to the Challenge Battle of the Bloodlines Rehap Up podcast for episode four. I am Brian Cohen. Here with me is my co-host, Allie Lesher. Allie, how are you? Um, How long have you been working on that? <laughs> I thought about it doing it tonight, and I went True. for it. I went for it. No, it was great. Very spirited. We're talking, of course, on Christmas Eve. Thank you, Brian, for disappointing your family to join us for a christmas eve podcast yeah they're all in the living room enjoying a nice little christmas movie and i'm talking about uh drunken weirdos on an mtv show so good to see where my priorities lie um so how was how's your holiday been so far oh it was very nice good. we went out to a nice dinner we went to a great diner and a nice meal there family coming tomorrow it's gonna be great wonderful and now colin's uh, a very uh, christian name yeah, uh, nothing. Something we never got into. I didn't know how you felt about it, but I wanted to be like, "How do you feel to be the only Brian Cohen in the world that's celebrating Christmas yeah. today?" Probably. <laughs> it, it feels great. It's uh, it makes me very unique. Um, one of a kind. Probably not. There's probably a bajillion. Anyway, um, I'm glad we settled that because that's been on my mind for like the two and a half years that I've known you, or however long we've right. been doing this. Well, I'm glad you finally had the excuse to ask me. Well, you you led with it, so thank you. Exactly. I think you should lead with it all the time. Like the second we met, you should have been like, "Let me explain." When Christmas comes up, please wish me a merry Christmas. <laughs> I didn't even fully explain. It's from my mom's side, so there's that. Um, we don't have to get further in. Your your last name is from your mom's side. No, the reason I celebrate, <laughs> the I'm just I celebrate I'm just Christmas is from my mom's side. Play well, I soon. can put that together, you know, Play with your soon. last name, right? Doesn't much anyway. PVS, Merry Christmas, PVS. Even though she you're won't not be joining, to this. she's uh, snuggled up, drinking some hot chocolate. So, um, I am also on location away for for the for the Christmas holiday, I guess. Um, and I'm in a very weird setup, as per usual, where there are three mirrors in front of me. It's like a vanity. Oh. I'm not in a bathroom, but it is like a vanity setup. And it's freaking me out to be looking at three me's with headphones on. I can't imagine. I don't like looking at one of me. So that's three. That's a lot. Oh, come on, Brian. Your your head wouldn't even show in this mirror. You'd be taller than it. All right. So you get a shot of my neck. That seems <laughs> All right. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Brian and I just needed to catch up about some like major religious things and vanity. Um, and mirrors. That's the two topics everyone wants, everyone wants to discuss. So this episode, though, is just as jumbled as our intro banter. Exactly. We should we should just have we should have had the banter in the middle of the episode and just be like, ah, let's see. That's what they do. <laughs> um, one thing that was funny is just watching the intro of. Um, like what has happened previously on this, this four? It seems like it's been ten episodes, but it's only episode four. How long ago does it feel like since Christina was on the show? It, feel, it feels like a different season, honestly. But <laughs> even weirder, did you notice MTV tried to promote a binge watch of the show before this episode? 
It's been yeah. three episodes. How is that a binge? See, I disagree with you, but I'm, I think it's like I have to pick and choose when I just randomly reply to your tweets that aren't directed at me to okay. disagree. <laughs> like, like a binge watch has to be at least five episodes. It's, it's three hours of television, not a binge to you. It, it, to me, the binge doesn't go by time. It goes by episodes. I think like binge eating goes by amount that you eat. So binge watching has to go by the amount of time you spend watching. I get what you're saying. Well, there's a valid yeah. point to be made here, but I did disagree. But I didn't want to get between you and MTV because you replied directly to MTV to of complain course. about this. And I know they were like scrambling. Oh, crap. Brian's upset at us. Now what? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Where do we start here? We start with Tony on the floor. We pick up where we left off with Tony. Yeah, might as well. Them. Showing, I mean, they're a little concerned with him, but they apparently just wanted to get up and walk to the ambulance. They're fine with that. I was like, all of a sudden he can walk. We get last week, like he's green. He, he's like, looks dead. He's like the walking dead. I've never seen a human look like this. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, man, you think you could uh, get up and walk to the ambulance that's not even in the shot? It all goes yeah, the, I think it, I can make it. It all goes to the major point. You do not want to have a major medical emergency happen in a foreign country. Well... It seemed to have worked out fine for him, but we won't find out about that until the after show because, spoiler alert, their send off is just Tony and Shane had a, were medically evacuated. And spoiler alert, they are alive. So they got that too. <laughs> um, I, did yeah, enjoy, then, I did enjoy the uh, just the, the MTV does this the best where they just have like a serious moment and they just immediately cut away to the next part of the show. Well, what's crazy here is the next part of the show is more shocking than what was billed is the most shocking part. I was pretty impressed with MTV not having spoiled this from the previews. I was flabbergasted. I, I thought he was kidding. Like, I didn't know where he was going with the whole Candace toe thing. And then all of a sudden they're gone. And I was like, I know you don't, you don't believe me that mm -hmm. I didn't know. I was, no one I believes been, you. I haven't been this. No one believes the this. Challenge in so long. But that's only comparing it to your usual level of stunned. And so if you're never surprised, that's fair. That's fair. You know, moderately stunned is nothing. Um, no, I'll believe you because if you remember, you know, I know you don't read my text, but <laughs> I sent you a screen cap of a tweet that Candace tweeted out about her toe. And I was like, do you think this is challenge related? That's true. Yeah, and nothing really true. came of it. Yeah. And then it seems, seems like it did come something of it. So what's interesting here is the resolution and I didn't see much Candace is all over Twitter, but I did not catch any further explanation from them and they weren't on the after show. So we're just kind of left in the dark here, mm -hmm. but Candace tweeted an x-ray of her like big toe. And in my professional medical opinion, I'm going to say it was snapped. And she recently tweeted a couple weeks ago that she didn't have to have surgery. Like she was going to have to have surgery recently. But the doctor cleared her. So this like was a long standing injury for her after the show. Did you think there was a chance when they got sent home that all of a sudden that Tony was going to be fine and that they, Tony and Shane were going to stay in the game? No chance. Tony, they spent so much time on Tony being like half dead. I, but I see what you're saying. Just because was, of the whole Abram coming in to replace someone. That was my only thought. I'm like, oh, maybe they're just coming in to replace Leroy and Candace. And it wouldn't put it past me. I wouldn't put it past MTV or me to replace a male female pair with just two dudes. Um, but yeah. And, and what was so bizarre is like, uh, TJ is like, Candace broke her toe. Usually broken toes are no issue, but this is an issue. You gone. <laughs> yeah. Just boom. <laughs> boom goes with dynamite. See ya. No explanation. Nothing. No. 
When I, oh. I was a gymnast for a long time and it's like you broke your toe, you just tape tape it to a good guy, you know, tape it to your other toe and just keep on trucking. But I guess uh, I need more. If any doctors who are spending their downtime listening to us rant about shit, please contact me and let me know <laughs> that a broken toe is very serious. Yeah, especially because like the show didn't make a big deal of it. Candace didn't make a big deal of it. I feel like there would have been I'm just surprised there was nothing more of like a doctor or producer going over her toe situation. All right. So we have a ton of questions about this because this not only shocked you, but it sent a bolt of lightning through america um one thing is my well my reaction was like leroy was pretty much due to be pulled from the game finally for one of his partners screwing up he's gotten too many lives here but andra feldman wants to know why is it that leroy and candace had to leave right away why couldn't they stick around until they were in a situation where candace's toe was an actual issue would it have prevented them from performing in the trivia competition and the subsequent guys pit nope not having Leroy around for deliberation will have a huge impact. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, not again, not to play doctor, but I guess they felt that it was just too much of a risk to even have her falling into water or whatever the next challenge is. They didn't couldn't risk her doing something to make her lose the toe. I I, I don't know. It's 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 just a weird situation. Someone tweeted out that like um, Tony's allowed to decline medical attention, but. Candace just gets pulled like there was there was definitely some stuff it seemed like we didn't see like they had to have talked this over with Candace she had to have agreed based on the fact that Tony should have then just been sent home by medical in the episode before I get unless they like the reason they sent Tony home because they didn't know anything was wrong with him and then they thought Candace was fine so they sent her back but like I guess it took them that long to get the x-ray results don't you get x-ray results like so quickly on a toe well, based on Tony, what happened with Tony is they said they cleared him for internal bleeding, but apparently he was bleeding internally. So <laughs> who knows? The x-ray could have been the doctor's hand and been like, your, your foot looks fine. Yeah. And just pushing on his stomach. Does that hurt? Very <laughs> All right, you're fine. Um, but as far as getting back to Andrew's question, I don't think you can. And, and I know, like, at least with Survivor, right? Like, Missy was allowed to do whatever she wanted. Like, she could just sit out of challenges and wait to be voted out. Um, when she broke her leg or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't think in this case you can wait for Candace to not be able to compete. Like, yes, it just so happens that she could have been answering questions, but, and then she would have been safe from elimination. But then what, like, they get a one-week pass, and then next week everyone knows they have to go home? Like, I, I, I totally see what Andrew's saying, but I don't know. I think once you know you have to pull her, you have to pull her then. Right, right. Because it didn't seem like it was something where it was just her having to deal like if she could deal with the pain she could stay it seemed like something like if she did something wrong like 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 i said maybe she would have to lose the toe or something um next question comes from someone i have a question for first of all i need to know ashley if this is your real last name ashley bedazzle it's spelled b-i-e dazzle wits if that is your life is amazing um okay so she wants to know have we ever seen someone get sent home from such a minor injury i.e broken toe in the past the only thing i could think of was uh i think it was in the first battle of the x is like dustin tripped and fell and like scabbed his knee but it turned out it was some type of infection and he got sent home but even that's like an infection so you can understand it but I can't, I can't remember anything. It was just like a, not to like minimize a broken toe. Like I'm sure it hurts like a bitch, but it's, it's nothing like Tony rupturing his spleen. 
Well, the thing is here is like when we have three, three teams go out and one team enter in this episode, there's just not enough time to give the eliminated teams their due. Like any other situation, I think we would have gotten, you know, not everything we got with Tony like at the hospital and everything, but we would have gotten more clarity on what really happened to Candace, their real reactions, and it wouldn't have been so shocking. But I think when you have to cover Camilla going out, Leroy going out, and Tony almost dying, you, and Abe coming back, you just don't have time to give us the fill in the holes that we need filled. Right. I mean, this has to be the most teams limited in one episode ever, right? I mean, yeah, I mean I know, whatever not, you I know, say, Brian. I know I'm not asking the right person, but... I, no, no, it's not that you're not asking the right person. Yeah, I mean, when else has this happened? Yeah. Like, no, there's never been two medevacs and an elimination in an episode. And I was thinking, like, oh, because they said the episode was 90 minutes, and I thought there was a chance this episode was going to go for 90 minutes, and we would get a fourth team eliminated, which would have been wild. But alas, that did not happen. Um, and then Allison Smith says, what did you think of Leroy saying that he and Candace were one of the strongest teams in the game? Even though he was only one of two male veterans, him and Bananas, I think Candace would have been an anchor if she was thrown into an elimination. I mean, I don't think they're one of the strongest teams, but I mean, obviously, he's going to think he is. He's not going to leave and be like, ah, you know what? We probably weren't going to win anyway, so no big deal. I, I don't think they're one of the strongest teams for the format of the game, but I don't think that they were a weak team. And especially because Candace was just coming into her own. Like every week, I basically use them as an example of someone who's screwed for having a weak partner. Right. But I mean, if Candace broke her big toe like that to the point where she needed to be medically evacuated from the game immediately, and I guess it's on evac in this situation, but whatever. So she has such a bad break in her toe and she still continued with that challenge. Like now it gives me more of an appreciation when she just said, Oh, I broke my toe and I needed stitches. I was like, yeah, that hurts like a little, but to break your big toe to the point where you have to go home immediately. That's pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal that she kept competing. Mm-hmm. Good job by her. I, TJ had such so many opportunities for great moments this week. Yeah. He offered, I mean, he offered her a lot of praise. Well, he couldn't. I was like, can you just give her a you killed it just so I can get some points? Because I'm about to lose four people from my team. Five. Yeah, but I had Camilla, too. Five people from my team. You're in good shape because you 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 lost five, but you really only lost three. So, yeah, but Leroy, huge loss, huge loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved when he was like, you're probably wondering if we're going to have an elimination. Yup. <laughs> of course we are. What'd you think of this? I thought it was a pretty good elimination. It was what was this called? Door slammer. Uh, of course, Jenna says she's confused by it, even though it's literally just closing a door. So <laughs> I mean, get more simple, probably not. But it, it, I think it played pretty well. So probably I've been pretty impressed with the elimination so far. Yeah, I think this was good for the format, like for all the stuff they had going on. This was like very easy to edit to be a three second competition like they didn't need to make this seem like it was like a very dramatic stalemate they only had to do two rounds i think it it really worked out for them they got pretty lucky here um one thing we kind of brushed over last week larissa keeps referencing like oh having to live up to camilla why is she the only one saying that she like has to live up to her bloodline and do you feel like camilla is like a lot of pressure to live up to uh, I mean, Camilla's good, but she, I mean, she, it's not like someone like that. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of because I, I think part of it's that they're same sex pair. So like how many same sex pairs would someone want to live up to them? in? like, 
I, I don't like Brianna is not coming in being like, I have to live up to Jenna. And I mean, Vince and bananas, I, there's nothing there. Like who else would be a same sex pair that would have to try to live up to their bloodline? Well, why do you say there's nothing there with Vince and bananas? Well, cause it's, that's like, I feel like that's not like that, not their dynamic. Like Vince is like his own cocky right. self that he's not going to be like bananas. has set this great legacy and I have to try to live up to it. Like, I feel like bananas would be saying that to Vince, not Vince to bananas. <laughs> Right. And it's also probably inherent in the relationship that they're just competitive. So it's yeah. like already innate. But like, Dar- I agree like, with you. Yeah. Like the other series, like Dario and his brother, Thomas and his brother, Mitch and Corey, like none of them have like a outstanding past that they had to like live up to. And if anything, like Nicole and Nani, like Nicole is not worried about her ability to like out party and out hook up Nani. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I just keep thinking it's so weird. Like, to see Larissa like, oh, so everyone's expecting so much of me because I'm Camilla's sister. And I'm like, everyone's expecting you to, like, bring the drama. I don't think everyone's expecting you to, like, go into beast mode here in the elimination. Yeah, I mean, Camilla's like a good competitor. But when you first think of Camilla, you don't think of her as like a great competitor. You think of her going like apeshit crazy. Um, but yeah, one thing was so ridiculous is Jenna. So Haley Strong wrote, like, why do I love Jenna? I being her. Um. And I'm having such an interesting battle with Jenna that I want to get your take on. Like, I like her on TV. I think she has funny comments. I think she is like, gives zero Fs, you know, like just like says it. But there is like a hint of like delusional or delusion there where she's like, oh, they keep sending me in because they're trying to get Brianna off their team. And it's like, no, they're sending you in. Maybe that, but they also gave Larissa whoever she wanted and she picked you because she thinks you're the weakest that was available. Yeah, she has moments where, like, you could relate and be an, an enjoyer. Like, she knows, like, she, they're like, Anissa's like, why, why, you, why is Anissa sending me into the trivia to answer questions? I'm stupid. Do they want to lose? But then it's, you beat Larissa. It's, oh, I'll just you keep putting them up. I'll keep knocking them down. Like she tries to had to do it both ways. So I, I'm, I mean, I've never been a big Jenna fan. I know she's she's been a little funnier than than normal, or I would have expected her. But even some of her comments, they don't really get to me. I don't know her. I, I'm just not a big Jenna person. I, fair, fair. That was Haley Strong's words, not mine. Yeah, well, shout out, <laughs> shout out to Haley Strong. Um, I think this was a shitty elimination for Larissa. I mean, when we were talking last week about who, what Larissa would have, have an advantage. Jen, certainly not when this kind of elimination where it's like purely the, your body weight on the other end. Yeah, this this was definitely low on the list of things she would want it to be. Like this is pure. I think I think Jenna's height had something to do with like she has a lot more force behind it. She's obviously a lot bigger, a lot stronger, so that's not helping her. Yeah, this was they could have ran this a hundred times. Jenna probably wins it a hundred times. Given that Larissa never had a chance, do you agree? with jenna that she as she says is showing people that she deserves to be here no she's she she beat uh christina and larissa that's not exactly a murderer's row of a dynamic duo there so cool the jets a little bit yeah i'm feeling conflicted because my first reaction and obviously tj gives her you killed it here you really killed it like you really emphasized you killed it mm-hmm. and it's like you know we could get into that a thousand times but <laughs> My initial reaction was like, this is bullshit. She's, you know, cleaning out the trash. And then when when it, we get later in the game, she's going to get sent home by one of the stronger competitors. But, but there is something to be said for building momentum, getting experience, getting confidence in the pit. And you know what? She got sent in and she took these people out, whether or not they're 
you know, the Cara Maria's of the season. And like, I have to fall somewhere in between like scoffing at her, like overconfidence and giving her, you know, 10% credit. I mean, she also gets a little credit. Like, I mean, she did beat them. So it's like, she's not the worst person out there, obviously, because she, she proves she's better than at least two people. But the thing with Jenna actually is the fact of this cast is like outside of a few people, how many people would she really have no chance against? So, I mean, she could keep knocking people off and it's still like not even that impressive just because of who she might be going <laughs> up against. Like she lets I like she knocks out Nicole. OK, is that that impressive? I don't think so. But that's just another person she beats. She can. And then there's three other people that she, she can knock off. It's like, OK, she keeps winning. But these people all aren't that good. Speaking of Nicole, we get a kind of a bit from Nani here to see Camilla go home in this at this point with nothing she could do about it and just let her get trounced. Um, by Jenna, no less, no less. Nani is scared and as she should be like, I feel like I've overlooked Nani and Nicole as a weak and strong pairing that someone could go after Nicole just to take a hit at Nani. I know, mm-hmm. sorry, I was talking about that, but like how, how scared should Nani be, especially losing someone we think is a key ally for her? I think she should be very scared. I think there's a very good chance Nicole sees elimination very soon and, like, like I said, I don't, she's not many people that she's going to beat. And I like a lot of these like upper vets probably aren't going to see eliminations. It's going to be their bloodlines that are going to see eliminations. So they should also they should also be worried. And this is another exit here that's like so overshadowed. Like I could never imagine an episode where Camilla goes out week three and like no further ado is paid because we immediately cut to bananas eulogizing Leroy. Th- that's I mean, the eulogize is the perfect word. Cause I, I like double check. I'm like, did Leroy die? That's the way they were <laughs> acting like, oh, Leroy, he was such a good person to have. You know, he always brightened up situations I'm like, guys, he just left the game. Like, it's not that big a deal. Well, it's also like finally we see some semblance of what Bananas is thinking, because we're like, he's not coming in here with that many allies. He's letting Vince alienate Nani, who could be a member of his alliance. Camilla, he's not helping out Camilla. And so I've been a little bit like, where is Bananas falling here? And then all of a sudden we hear like, oh, Leroy was a key member of my alliance. Well, like, could you elaborate who else is your alliance? And we finally get a little bit of that this episode, but it's very, very loose. Yeah. The, pro- the thing with the challenge is a lot of the alliances are almost implied, like for people who might just be joining the show, like they might not know that. Anissa and Bananas probably have like an unspoken alliance. But for people who watch the show, they're like, oh, these people are old school vets. They're probably going to work together. But they don't really do a good job of spelling it out. Like even Leroy and Bananas, like there aren't scenes of them really together the first three episodes. So if you just happen to watch this season or just started last season, you're like, why why would he care about Leroy leaving? But if you watch all these other seasons, you know that they have a history of working together. Well, it's also, though, like a lot of these people... We've watched other seasons and we even have trouble piecing together how they're going to be. Cara and Bananas, Anissa and Bananas have tension, Nani and Bananas have tension, Camilla and Bananas have tension, but they also have relationships. So which mm-hmm. is going to trump the tension or the relationship? So I wish we saw a little bit more of that, even if they're assuming that A, people don't care, or B, people already know their relationships. Mm-hmm. They did a good job later on about kind of drawing out the line and saying, at least with the rookies, I like that was a good touch by them. Yeah, well, it's like rookie guys <laughs> alliance is the label on the screen. But not exactly like a creative thing, like, like the three witches is just rookie guys. <laughs> um, speaking of creativity, what the hell is Shane sleeping with? 
I is a great question. I saw he's uh, tweeted out that apparently Bananas made a Leroy like uh, <laughs> I can't like I'm not a man like a fake person like a like what oh body pillow a fake body pillow of Leroy and Shane took it to sleep with. It looked like that. It looked like one of those like, like on Parks and Rec when she like says she's ordering the like boyfriend yeah, yeah, yeah. pillow anyway. Yeah, so um, Shane said it, Bananas made it of Leroy. Because I just saw that Rihanna tweeted sleeping Shane sleeping with the doll. (laughs) I couldn't tell. First, I was like, oh, my God, is he like Mrs. Boyfriend? Because I think he has a boyfriend from Facebook. And then I'm like, is that a real person? Like, is that (laughs) Kellyanne? It's like kind of small. There's no real head. That was creepy. How did you like a producer to wake you up in the middle of the night and you're like cuddling some like fake you, fake what, amalgamation of clothes whatever. forget Shane probably doesn't give a crap but what about the producer could you imagine having to go wake up someone <laughs> and they're cuddling a body pillow not even a body pillow like a bananas manufactured body right. pillow like he must be like is this guy gonna like attack me if I thought like who, who is this guy if I sent you a bananas body pillow would you sleep with it every night I, that's no our, our devotion doesn't go that far our I, devotion like it's mutual right I mean I do have a bobblehead of him so there's that like if I sent him a Brian Cohen uh, body pillow, he would recognize that person. I think he would turn into a bobblehead and try to sell it. A, a bobblehead body pillow. Yeah. Now we have something. Let's we're going to cut here and uh, start talking about our Shark Tank pitch. Boom. Done. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, the, the thing here is so when they pull Shane, I didn't really want to waste time with their speculation. The rest of the house speculation of what could have happened to Tony because we know we're about to see what happened. And so I don't know why I need the mm-hmm. bananas narration of and Mitch's, especially Mitch's speculation. Yeah, I mean, they don't know. They're obviously not doctors. They have no idea what's going on. So and yeah, you're right. We're going to find out in the, probably the next scene that's about to follow. We're going to find out what happens to them. See that for a show that really needs to like pick and choose what scenes they show. Hearing bananas narrate a scene that we just saw probably <laughs> could have been left in the cutting room floor. At this point, I just wrote in my notes in all caps, so much has happened. <laughs> I was affected at this point in the viewing process. It's it was it was a brutal episode. It was the challenge red wedding. Can you can you walk me through the next few minutes of bananas like trying to insert himself into every relationship between a veteran girl and a rookie guy? I feel like the next we just get a montage of bananas like taking right. machete to these relationships. I'd see. I, th- I think he also I think he explained a little bit on the other show. He doesn't care about them hooking up. He just wants to make sure that they're the guys aren't recruiting Kellyanne and, and Anissa to their side because that would screw him. Because as he says, the numbers are very tumultuous right now. It's almost even maybe even more towards the rookie side. I, I, I have to like figure that out. But. If he pulled, if they pulled over Anissa and Kellyanne, that would be a problem for him. Yeah, and I, I don't think that this is a bad move. I definitely think it demonstrates not that Bananas needs to demonstrate that he has an awareness of the game and you know a good social read. But I don't know if like referring to Kellyanne as desperate as the reason she's with Dario is like not a great place to build a relationship from. <laughs> Probably not. She's so Probably. desperate and lonely. Like, oh, come on. I mean, want to work with me? <laughs> I mean, Kellyanne could definitely get any guy that sh- she wants to at any moment. So she she doesn't need to be desperate for Dario. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't like old women, as he said on the after show. <laughs> that is true. Is, how, how old is Kellyanne, do you think? 
or I think we talked about, I think we looked this up. Like she was like, I know Anissa's Anissa 34. She was in her early twenties on her season of the real world. So Sydney, Sydney was probably what, like 2007, eight. I mean, through the magic next, um, she's probably like 28. So yeah, no, she's definitely not quote old. I mean, none of these people are old, but Dario is like 22 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I love this. Rafi's trying to get Kellyanne and Dario to stop like hooking up below him. Clearly, he's never been on a reality TV show that he's offended by the proximity of their hookup. Or in college. Uh, tell me more about no. that, Brian. Nope, we'll move on. <laughs> Guys, we were so close to getting to know too much about Brian. We already found out about my religion history. We'll, we'll say the uh, the relationship passed for another one. We really didn't get to dig too much into that either. So on another show, I'll interview Brian about religion and sexual exploits. Or what am I thinking of? Escapades. There we go. Perfect. Damn it. Oh, that was almost funny. Almost. That's like the that's the theme of the podcast. Though. It's almost funny. <laughs> almost funny. OK, so I don't even want to talk about Anissa and Corey. Mostly because Mitch sucks. Well, Mitch sucks, but I thought you definitely <laughs> want to talk about Anissa because, I mean, I've been wrong about her. She's been great this year. Yeah, I didn't even pull that question. We got a couple of times of like, is Brian ready to admit that he's wrong? Because like, hell yeah, Brian, admit that you're wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, want to ask admit, you that question. I'll admit I'm wrong for the season. I stand by that. This is a blip in the radar. And if she's brought back again, it's not going to be as good. Um, I really wish I could pull it because someone was like, especially when Anissa has been more entertaining in these three, four episodes than Bananas in the last few seasons. Like, that's the thing is I do think you overlook some of these veteran girls worth in terms of adding to the show where you let Banana slide in terms of his contribution season to season. Just Anissa. Right. So, okay. I'm just, Anissa has many, many scenes in challenge history that are mm. iconic, not CT bananas backpack iconic, but that's not because of bananas. That's because of CT and not you're going to die. Camilla iconic. But I think Anissa has been definitely there. Like, made an impact in the, in her last few seasons. Maybe not so much free agents, but maybe the last one was like um, when she was with DM. Like that was a really special season, I thought, that rival season. And that was a really special relationship between them. But I mean, yeah, I mean, rivals might be the best season of all time. What do I know? What'd you say? I said rivals might just be the best season of all time. So. All right. So that's another podcast. conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Mitch. Mitch is the worst. Can you why did this conversation like clearly something else had to have sparked this for like Mitch and Rihanna to even be having this conversation? Who I I guess Mitch must have initiated it, right? That she he must have went up to her. Like, I don't even know why this conversation happened and why Mitch even like care. I know it's his like his cousin. I don't remember. They brothers are cousins. They're cousins, right? They're cousins. Like, would Mitch you really is, care well, if your cousin was hooking up with someone on a, a reality show that even though he has a girlfriend at home, that you would confront the person he's talking up with cousin about? Well, so he hooked up with Rihanna and we haven't seen where that relationship went, but we saw them as like a pair in the beginning. Oh, that's and right. With the cold cuts in bed. Anissa, uh, uh, Rihanna seemed to be aware of this situation. Like, it seems like this had been discussed before. And on the after show, Anissa was like, he pulled back for whatever, you know, for for fair reasons. So, like, I almost feel like Mitch was just like overreacting 
acting, acting immature. He said that he has issues with social situations. You could tell he was inebriated. And he's like, he's getting pressure from Anissa. And like, he's trying to cut it out. But like, there's no one else here. I'm just like, screw you, Mitch. Yeah. And there was definitely no pressure coming from any. I mean, as uh, Rihanna said, it was fully mutual on both sides. And the MTV is totally setting up Anissa because just right before we're like getting Anissa being prompted by the producer and she's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm smitten, I guess. Like I feel sexy with him. Like I feel comfortable. I trust him. And it's like, oh, you know, if they're asking you that you're about to get slammed. Oh, absolutely. And it was not in a good way. And it's yeah. And it was so perfect that she could. The, of course, this house is like not as big as people probably think it is that Corey could just talk and Anissa's just right outside the door listening. Yeah. Oh, my God. OK, so Will uh, Simon wants to know, did Corey and Mitch make a huge mistake by not stringing Anissa along for numbers against the veterans? That might be the nail in the newbie alliance coffin. Huge mistake. If that's like, I don't even know if that was Corey's initial intention about why he was hooking up with Anissa to try to get her over to the rookie side. But even if that wasn't the initial intention, you're there now. Keep it going for at least a couple more votes. Like, I you have to do it. Why the cutting her off now? It just it, it cements her being against you. And and it's also like I don't even know that Corey. This is why I feel like we missed a moment here. Like maybe Corey had already had already cut it off or like said he was going to cut it off because Mitch like stumbles in here like freaking out like man Corey look ooh. and I feel like Corey was just trying to like squash it and be like look I'm obviously not getting distracted by these hoes which I don't need to go on a rant about what he's saying. But like, he's like, we're just friends. I love my girl back home. I'm not showing that I don't care about my girl. We're good. Nobody's stressing over these hoes, whatever. Like, I feel like he was trying to have a solid, like, I'm still solid. I'm still with you. I'm not distracted. And he was not expecting this to get heard by Anissa. I feel like even if he were going to break it off with Anissa, he would have given her obviously a much different speech. Like he wasn't making a big scene by this. I think Mm -hmm. he was genuinely just trying to do what he could to squash Mitch's drunken overreaction. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Yeah, Mitch Mitch was definitely more the the instigator for this entire thing. Oh, Mitch blew this whole situation up. Like Mitch sucks so bad. He's a one and done. I don't need to see him. Oh, God. Fingers crossed. You know what happens when you say that, Brian? I'll say it's not. I'll say it's a one percent chance he comes back. That that'll cover my bases. Billy Gross wants to know if an and Billy Gross killed it with the questions this week, so we'll be hearing from him. Boku. All right. So <laughs> I'm so tired. Okay, Billy Gross. If Anissa threatened you, threatened that you weren't safe inside or outside of the game, how scared would you be on a scale of one to ten? I feel, I'm decently scared because I feel like I wouldn't expect it coming from Anissa. So I'll give it a solid six. Oh, my God. Anissa can be terrifying, but it's cool, boo. That's <laughs> the thing. When a girl doesn't react, lock your doors. Like That's how you know it's going to be bad for you. I'll say Which, this. I'll, I'll be ahead. a lot more. I was just saying I'll be a lot more scared when Naya threatened like Jordan outside of the house. I was I would be a lot more scared if I was Jordan than if I was Corey. Well, that's what I was. This is was I was hoping would be settled at the after show and it wasn't. So maybe I'm totally wrong. My interpretation of her saying everything shows in this house, you're not safe. And I'm not talking about in the game. I'm talking about real life. I thought she was saying like you won't be able to hide what you said to me in, to your girlfriend. Like she'll see this and you don't get to spin this as I wanted you and it was you made me look like a fool. 
That's what I thought. I didn't think she was threatening her his life because we did get a clip like in the bedroom cameras, like those wall cams of Corey saying something nice to Anissa, like I'm attracted mm-hmm. to you or whatever. I forget what he was saying. Some garbage. And I thought she was basically just saying like everything you just said to Mitch will get blown up because your girlfriend's going to see all of this. You can't hide. You're not safe. Yeah, that's probably what more along the line of what she says, but it's a lot more fun for us to speculate that she has like a hit squad out there ready to take down Corey. No, like that too, but she probably doesn't need it. Cause let the girlfriend do that. I'm, I'm just, honestly, I'm sure Anissa could just take down Corey. Like Anissa's, uh, I mean, uh, is pretty much a beast. Yeah. Anissa's life is fine. I mean, it's Corey's <laughs> girlfriend who like, I was so sad when I was hearing Corey say all this, like I didn't do anything to show my girlfriend. Like I don't care about her. I'm like, really like this is exactly what tony was saying like you can really say like oh i love my girl back home and be smashing someone on national television yeah and just going back to those cameras it's so weird when you have like the the night vision cameras and when someone looks right into the camera it's just like a paranormal activity vibe (laughs) when when they do that so nisa like look right into the camera and it looked like she was staring into my soul (laughs) you were forever changed i was so now every season you're gonna be like, why isn't Anissa on? I miss her. Oh, poor I miss Anissa. Never said ever by me. Andrew, well, just now. <laughs> never say never. I'm gonna start singing Justin Bieber if I don't move on. So Andrew Kirk wants to know, did you guys really understand why Anissa lashed out at both bananas and Nani? Because I didn't. It seemed like she was upset that basically they were not just like smiling and nodding to whatever she was saying that they were trying to butt into her drama i mean the irony is nani telling any other female or male for that matter in the challenge house that they should have known better than that shut up nani yeah like i was so pissed at that i i I may have heard this wrong maybe because i just wanted to hear it but did bananas tell nisa to smarten up (laughs) because i I thought he said that and i started cracking up laughing but i wasn't 100 percent sure I'd go back to the videotape. I know. It's I a need, Christmas miracle. I know. I need to hear smarten up from bananas. <laughs> that was bad. Um, I'm not no, a this, good accent person. The smarten was great. Oh, I'm not either. That's why I feel like I can say it. The smarten was good. I feel I, like you put too much emphasis on the up. Run it back. Smarten up. It's like, oop. Like you go Canadian at the end. It's like Boston Canadian. I'm like road tripping from Boston to Toronto in one, in one sentence. It's like Haley Strong doing a Boston Rob impression. Maybe that's where I was, I was doing a Haley Strong Paulson impression. <laughs> All right. So Curtis Barton wants to know, can each of you argue for a side? Corey did or did not lead Anissa on. He says it was harmless flirting. She apparently had strong feelings for him. Where will this feud lead? I mean, did she really have strong feelings for him? Are we ready to concede that notion? What needs to be clarified is when the confessionals are being filmed. Are they being taped at the end of the season? Does Anissa have the benefit of knowing what happens with Corey when she's saying these hilarious lines of like, oh, my God, he's so young. Like, uh, like, this is so silly. Like, oops, like we kissed. He's so young. Well, I'm pretty sure that I think they record confessionals throughout the season. Like they do it like weekly because I mean, in their conversation, Corey asked Anissa, like, did you do your interview yet? Yeah. So I think yeah. that must be the confessional they were talking about. Obviously, it could be I guess together from whatever they want, though. Because they seem to be wearing, like, the same clothes and, like, in full makeup. Well, I think they I want to know more I, about this. For, I, I remember reading, at least for a real world ones, that they have to wear the same clothes every single time. 
Well, and then the real world, they also have just like that straight up. Right. They have the, the self-confessional and then they have the producer confessionals. And then the producer ones, I right. think they, they wear the same clothes every time. Um, all the better to Franken bite you with. Yep. Um, all right. So, yeah, I think. I think Anissa is just like not the kind of person who's going to get like strung out on Corey <laughs> on the challenge. Yeah, this is. I, yeah. No, sorry, God. No, no. If anything, I think it's just like an ego bruise. Like he just like made her look stupid for no reason. And the fact that she didn't flip out shows that she was kind of more just like, OK, well, that happened. Right. I mean, she's just been done too many of these seen too many things. These things go down that she's not going to go nuts over over Corey at this point in her life. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, switching gears back to the rookie guys alliance, because that's like the next thing we get, right? RGA. <laughs> yes. How, how soon will you be applying to join the RGA? <laughs> that sounds like a really like bad acronym or something. It sounds like a uh, mission violence group or something. <laughs> the RGA. And how does that make you feel? Let's go deep dive into my whole life. My whole life right now. Are you feeling that way from a religious standpoint? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Chris and Kinar, how do you think the rookies versus vets situation will play out? Do you think the rookies alliance is jumping the gun on wanting to throw bananas in? I don't think they're jumping the gun at all. I have no problem with them doing it now. This is like a pretty good time. I just don't see them knocking him out. Like they may be able to vote him in. But there's a lot of difference between voting him in and knocking him out. Boom. Take that rookie yeah. RGA. Going down RGA. I think um <laughs> just thought of something stupid. Okay. I think the oh, they vet, to say it. I I know. I think the vet girls are the ones who are gonna benefit the most from this. Like I think it really reminds me of Cutthroat Kitchen. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched Cutthroat Kitchen. You had me at Cutthroat, but then you had a kitchen. <laughs> So basically, it's like always the male chefs go after each other with the sabotages and the female chefs are like, I'm not going to vote. These boys are going to go after each other. I'm not going to bid money because the boys are going to try to get each other out first. And that's like exactly what's happening. Like they're immediately these younger guys are like, boom, we have to set our sights on bananas immediately when. Yes, he's a threat, but he doesn't have like the social capital that usually makes him the ringleader Mm -hmm. or we haven't like really seen it. He's kind of struggling like they're kind of absorbing the rookies are taking some of his people. So I just think it's like misguided. It's very like testosterone fueled. And I don't blame them for wanting to take a shot at bananas. And I don't think it's too soon. But I just think the quote vet girls are about to just like slide right through this testosterone sea. Right, right. No, that's definitely fair. So then one thing is, is there no one better to eulogize Jenna? I mean, eulogize Tony and Shane than Jenna. Oh, sorry. One sec. My mom just popped in. Um, Wait, what was that? <laughs> Hi, PBS. <laughs> she just walked out. She's had a quick question. Um, no, I was just moving on to Tony and Shane. I think that's what's next, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, Them being leaving. Yeah, yeah. I, I just was wondering if there's, is there really no one better to handle the eulogy for tony and shane than jenna i I mean it's perfect right they she's known them their entire lives i think she should put the finishing touches on their (laughs) on their season makes perfect sense (laughs) 
one thing that was funny on Twitter is Jenna tweeted like, or Jenna said, like, just don't stop cheating on your girlfriend. She's a sweet girl. Madison tweeted like, Jenna, I love that. And then Jenna was like, yeah. And then Jenna separately tweeted at Tony, like, I love you. And then Madison later deleted her. Jenna, I love that. tweet. <laughs> it's also that comment is like dripping in in irony by the fact that Zach cheated on her, causing them to break up. Do you have more information on that? I do not. I, I All I have is the same thing that you have. Which was already deleted, right? When it got sent to us. Oh, was it th- that tweet was deleted? No, no, no. Like the tweet that I don't have this in front of me. I'm sorry. So someone great tweeted at us that was it AJ something? Anyway, someone tweeted at us that Jenna went on like an Instagram rant that Zach had cheated on her. And then the person on Twitter sent us a picture of Zach and like the new girl. Mm -hmm. And but we Jenna apparently deleted the Instagram rant and I don't follow them on Instagram. So Lilac's 15. Thank you. There is there's no AJ involved in that. His like name is AJ or her name. Ah, Yes. I'm creepy. (laughs) Um, I really pay attention when people tweet at me. Anyway, all right. So, so Tony and Shane finally out of the game. Nine lives are up. Yep. And here comes Abram. And then immediately Abram is making out with Kara and everyone, especially me, feels weird. (laughs) Next season during the Survivor finale, she probes ride it on someone's back with the with the votes. And then just make out with his wife. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's really the move. Screw the water ski. Riding it on someone's back. So yet again, MTV is so inconsistent with who they replace, when they replace them. Haley Strong wants to know what's with this BS of replacing the boy team, the boy boy team and not the girl boy team. WTF. I mean, it has to just be a logistic thing, right? That they had a guy guy team ready as like an alternate and they really only going to use it. I guess if they lost two teams or something like that, there's probably some logic behind it. I almost enjoy how random the mtv world is with who gets replaced when they get replaced and get who they get replaced by it just keeps us on our toes like i'm glad that there's not like a set rule allison smith wants to know do you think that production should have brought in two replacement teams instead of one considering two teams were meta-backed no i'm perfectly fine with them just doing the one thing i mean we don't need two th- two replacements going on that seems kind of excessive the two the couple of things i don't like about this the first is that Tony and Shane should have 1000% been medevaced last episode. Yeah. Like infinity percent. Like that should have been, I don't care what they had to do to edit it, to get TJ just in the house telling them, I don't care. That should not have spilled into this episode, especially given everything that happens. But I think they wanted to just get two people out and offer one replacement as opposed to not replace them last week and not this week. I don't, I don't know why, but it just like should have been a hundred percent separated. And I don't know if that's just cause they only had one replacement. They tried to like, you know, flash two, like flash one and swoop two people in, you know what I'm saying? Like two birds, with one stone. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, when Tony went down again, they should have just been like, all right, Jane, you're going home to don't even go back to the house. Tony's out of the game. You're out of the game too. But I, I guess this is a little more dramatic. But I mean, we all knew he was going to leave. You you can't fall down and get collapse again and go to the hospital and be like, all right, never mind. Go back again to the house. If anything, I think it's it takes away from the drama. Like last episode was super dramatic with Tony. I think that was major drama. I think the issue is 
with um it take it's taking away from like any drama that could have happened with Leroy and Candace. But um I don't know. Mm. It, it's it's a weird situation because they've never really had to deal with two medevacs from the same challenge. And as they said, like it didn't even seem like it was that gruesome of falls. Like Tony's fall seemed kind of normal. I mean, Candace's the worst of it seemed from the cut lip, not the toe. So the whole situation was was not a normal spot. Um, <laughs> Marshall Kissner said, what do we think caused Tony's injury when he hit the platform, slammed his back on the water or when he went to the bathroom with Christina and unbuckled his belt? <laughs> Boom roasted. Well done. Plus one. Um, one thing, the other thing, and going back to Allison Smith's question about bringing in two replacements, a key consideration besides maybe just what you were saying that who they had, maybe they only had one alternate team like ready to go, um, is the scheduling of the season is so bizarre because like what this was always slated to have a double episode, even with two teams eliminated in one regular episode and them not breaking for the holiday like usually next week's a double episode and usually that would be like because they took a week off for the christmas new year's time so they put in a double boot episode right i don't get the scheduling of this and them replay like i don't something is weird like i don't know what show is going to debut in like the late winter (laughs) that they want the challenge to be done before but it to me it's very bizarre that they're dropping two episodes on right by new year's eve yeah I, I, scheduling never makes sense for them to be like what at first you think oh maybe they're just trying to burn off one challenge to get to the next now it's well they they're really like the challenge because they already have another one in in the cube ready to go next it's so do they like the challenge that they want to keep this going regularly or do they just want to burn through it, it they, they're like playing half and half from everyone I hear that has any dealings with MTV semi-professionally, like, they love the challenge. They, like, think it's, like, so great for them, and it's doing really well by their metrics. So, so I don't understand. So then why would you want to air two episodes the day before New Year's Eve? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, like, gives me a headache. I don't know. It, 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 it just doesn't make any sense. So that's why I'm like, is there a scheduling consideration in terms of like we've left room in the schedule for one team to be medevac, but not the other? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just making it's like shit their up. schedule. It's not even like 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 on CBS. They have to get rid of programming so football could take over. It's like this is your channel. There's nothing else coming on. Like Real World is probably going to be the show that replaces the challenge. Real World is your show. You can just bump Real World back a week before it premieres. And it's actually like both like yeah. the same. It's the same show. company. Exactly. Like, oh, my God. Anyway, so what do you make of uh, Abe and Mike's entrance? Not the actual entrance of the piggyback ride, but just right. in general, their entrance to the scene. I like that Mike specified that he is nothing like Abram. He's nothing like the crazy psychopath that you know. I am nothing like him. Which left me extremely disappointed right off, the, right from the jump. I, I think it's kind of a good thing. You know, Abram is such a crazy person. Having a second one kind of diminishes his uniqueness. Like, if he could be replicated, it's like, all right, maybe he's not even that good. But because he's that crazy, he needs to, like, show him through. It's kind of like why it was kind of good that Larissa isn't as crazy as Camilla. Like, you need the counterbalance to really exemplify the crazy people. Okay. I feel like usually that's my position, right? Like, I want to see some normalcy, and you're like, give me the batshit crazy, like, nannies of the world. Yeah, but the, I'm, I'm glad getting the crazy with the normal so you can see the crazy. Like so it, whole new Brian. Yeah, like if the, if a team was Michael and Larissa, get them off my screen. But 
having Abram and Nicole there or Camilla there really helps. I'm going to do an audiobook of the evolution of Brian. <laughs> and we're, I'm going to discuss just with myself things that have evolved. No, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, so the challenge, can we, can you believe that we're just actually now talking about the actual challenge <laughs> 53 minutes into this recording? It's, the challenge scheduling, going back to that, like one week, the challenge will start at like the six minute mark. This one started at like the 44 minute mark. So it like keeps you on your toes. That is the one advantage of the double episode coming up is like, hopefully that's a mandatory reset of getting the story arc back. If if this two hour episode ends with the to be continued, I will quit the podcast. No, oh, oh, I'm oh. sorry. I will not watch the show and I will continue to talk about it. on the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do that. Let's let's not. Yeah, we'll do a, a podcast about the episode with none of us watching. Rob had to do that once. Did he really? I think Amanda. Oh, Rob, RHAP people, please correct me. But I want to say Amanda showed up for a recap and she hadn't watched the episode or so something like that. Oh, wow. That's wild. All right. I don't know why I tried to like pretend I was a historian. OK, Albert Vargas <laughs> saving me yet again. Why is the least physical challenge always the best episode? I'm talking about the trivia challenge and the comedy it gives us every time they do it. I love it. I, I mean, sure, like their stupidity is fun. I just love it because how much TJ loves it. Like, <laughs> he just is so happy to like dunk people in water for saying something stupid. It makes me love it even more. Kristen Kinnar, I want to say, tweeted something like, I wish I loved anything as much as TJ loves the trivia challenge. <laughs> it's so true. It's, he's so happy to be doing this. Like, you could just, you, you can't fake that level of happiness. I do think, though, that the inner tube exploding was a nice touch, but it took way too long to inflate. And then later they all started talking about how it was ridiculous mm -hmm. how long it took. But I wanted, like, TJ to pull a lever and just, like, immediately it explode. Yeah. Yeah, I said I thought the same thing. I thought that the inner the two pop it could be really cool, but it needed to just be like when he pushed the button, it should have just boom popped and they fall. Like the the, the, the it's set so slow. Like you can hear Abram being like, "When is this gonna pop already? When is this gonna pop already?" And also like this is not like sound like a hardo, but that was like a short fall, right? Compared to like past seasons, it seemed like they, it was like a twenty foot fall at most. Did you say not to sound like a hardo? So it's uh like a tough guy, <laughs> tough guy. <laughs> It's, H, it's, I'm sorry, I'm writing this down. H-A-R-D-O? Yeah, question mark? Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Maybe they, were just, maybe they honestly lowered it after the two medevacs they had that, that from that the prior water bad. challenge. Yeah. It just seemed like they, like a, it was like a nothing fall. And of course, Nadi's freaking out like she's being jumped off the Niagara Falls or something. Whoa, don't be such a hardo. <laughs> See, it's a good word. No, it's unbelievable. I'm literally just keep writing it down over and over again just to understand. This will, this will go volume two of the evolution of Brian. <laughs> Chapter two, vocabulary. <laughs> um, okay, so the biggest thing we got questions about here in the trivia challenge is about Anissa's decision to assign Jenna to be the question answerer. Mm -hmm. Billy Gross wants to know, is having Jenna answer the trivia questions really that bad of an idea since she and Jay won the last cha the challenge last season? See, this is actually where I think I don't give enough credit to Anissa for I like I like giving Bananas credit as like a producer on the show. Like he knows how to create good moments. I legitimately just think Anissa knows that this would create comic relief for the audience. And that's exactly what she did. She's like, Jenna needs to be answering the questions. Everyone will be super pissed if she's not. 
I'm going to take one for the team or have her answer the questions for me. To rip off one of my favorite quotes from the challenge ever, every time Brian comes around to my way of thinking, an angel gets its wings. Um, She's having but, a great season. Anissa's having a great season. Um, okay. I wasn't sure if if this was more strategic of like Anissa saying, like setting up Jenna in terms of like, all right, like if we're going to lose this challenge, I want people to know that Jenna's weak. So we vote her in ourselves, even though we don't care if Brianna goes off, you know, like Jenna's not mm-hmm. going to get voted in, but maybe trying to set her up. Um, or it's also just like the mentality of like, if you step up, if you step up, yes, you could be the hero, but if you don't step up, you can't be the person who loses the team, the challenge for the team. So maybe Anissa just didn't want to do it herself. Anissa on Twitter, and you know, this is take it with a grain of salt, wrote that Jenna won trivia last time and she had faith in her. Jenna responded, that was your first mistake. And Anissa wrote, ah, boo, I wouldn't have wanted anyone else to hold my fate in their hands but you. So Anissa maintains that it was just because of their previous trivia prowess. I don't, Anissa, don't overuse, don't overuse boo. It's like great when you use it sparingly and you pop it up like at the right time. I hope this doesn't become like a continuous thing that she continuously refers to Boo. It's going to lose its mustard. It's throw in Hardo every once in a while. You know, Boo, Hardo, switch it up. Boom. Um, one thing that pissed me off to no end, like this week and what pissed me off about what Bananas is doing. No, um, I'm hot and cold on him, but he like makes this like, oh, Nicole has nothing going for her besides her knowing how to apply makeup. And it's like, first of all, where's Nani on his shit about that on Twitter? Like, Jemmy got shit about that. Where where are you, Nani? Mm-hmm. And two, how quickly we forget that Bananas did not know that Australians speak English. Or just some of the things he said this episode. Like, he's not good in these trivia challenges. He gets a lot of these ones wrong. But this is him coming in cocky, like coming in hot, talking about Nicole, talking shit about her. And then, boom, it's like you had one of the most notorious, like and memorable flubs in trivia challenge history. Yeah, that 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 was that was a good one. Yeah. I mean, this is what he is, though. He's not going to change his stripes just because he knows he flubs the couple questions. He's still going to fire his shots at people. Um. Okay, I know you'll have an opinion about this. Uh, We have two. Point counter. I, I know you because I was reading your Twitter uh. while you were tweeting because I follow you now. Oh, thank um, you. How, how, how I'm flattered. So ca- point counterpoint coming to you from our amazing listeners. Alex Alcasid said, did Kara give the most random and out of place tribute to DM ever? And Edward Morris said, was I the only one who loved Kara's shout out to DM? She had no idea what the answer was. So she showed she showed some deserving love to her friend. Yeah, I I thought it was a little out of touch and a little I, don't, I just felt a little uncomfortable watching it. Like this is the trivia challenge. I'm supposed to be laughing at these people's stupidity. Like, I don't need to be reminded about how horrible it was what happened with Diem last season and like in her, like everything. I just it's it felt very untimely. One thing I liked about it is like so Kara had Diem either Diem strong or Diem something written on her arm, and so I feel like Kara has probably been paying tribute to her in more than just this what seemed like random outburst and we just haven't seen it like they're just not going to cut it into the show every time and i liked it because it captured the spirit of dm right like yes everyone is remembering dm sick but if we can go back and remember dm she was funny she had she loved these challenges she had like a zest for life and like it was just funny to me for Kara to be like i'm gonna salute dm brown like it just seemed like very 
DMSC. So in that way, I thought it was like a, a fine tribute from a good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't feel like it immediately brought me back into like a dark place. Cause I think it's like a year has passed. And like, I think it's great that the challenge is going to start celebrating DM. I think when CT comes back. So um, I don't know. I feel like, I think it was unfair of MTV in a way. Cause Kara has probably been doing things like this before. So it seemed like it was just like, Oh, I just thought of DM right now. Right. Right. I mean, are we going to get like a random night tribute at some point? Like, I know it's like different circumstances of their death, but it's still like kind of like it's they're kind of connected in some way. Yeah, well, we didn't get I don't I mean, it's not like the producers told Kara to to say something about DM, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're and like if people just aren't saying anything about night. But at the same time, we've seen MTV handle their deaths in different ways since right. their deaths with the DM special and, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. I'm just glad I'm not the person who has to make these kind of decisions. I think that's what we said last year. Uh-huh. Still feel that way. For sure. Um, should there be something better than just the eliminated contestants sitting down on the platform? <laughs> the question answerers. Uh, I, I get they should have maybe like perched over, like watching them fall or something. It's kind of way they're just like chilling on a platform. And then when they lose, they just sit down that they're playing like seven up or something. <laughs> great game awesome game so were you impressed by jamie here his performance yeah i thought he did pretty well i mean it seemed like some of the questions got were some of the tougher ones so i mean he seemed to I me mean, he did pretty well for for him yeah he seems like a smart guy yeah what's written on the back of a one dollar bill that is tough <laughs> to be perfectly honest i didn't know what that meant like, I thought there was like some like Latin phrase or something like that on the back of a bill that he was talking about. I, I never would have said one. Never. Is the microphone picking up my slow cap? I'm getting it. I just love that it was like such a trick question. I was cracking, actually cracking up watching that because I guess, I mean, I could see in the moment, like in pressure situation, not coming up with the answer but from the comfort of my own couch like i was like uh one hello <laughs> i thought it was so funny that he was like physically hurting to try to come up with it right did you i noticed nicole seemed to get some of the very easy questions for this this round well the the ease of the problem i have with saying easy questions is like a No, let me start again. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I was going to say we don't know how many rounds they do, but we do. I'm just saying it depends on what your knowledge is, right? So, like, if you don't know celebrity trivia, useless celebrity knowledge, then those are going to be hard. If you don't know history, those are going to be hard. So, it really, it depends on your wheelhouse. Like, I'm not going to, like, dive into, like, oh, Nicole got easy questions. But I'm even just, like, she got, like, a a couple of, like, the 50-50 ones, like, uh, what was it? the red or white was the color of the flag of the first stripe on the flag or like the relationship between like clear whoever Cleopatra's parents or something like that like those are just like very you know 50 50 or one out of three shot questions as Mitch opposed- got a 50 50 and he couldn't come up right. with it yeah well because Mitch, Mitch sucks we covered that already but i don't know it just seemed like nicole kind of got the questions that jenna got last year that helped her win i just think like we can do a lot to try to take away from the winner of the trivia challenge, but luck has a lot to do with a lot of stuff in the challenge. Like Larissa got unlucky in the elimination. 
by having that elimination, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to accept the the way of the challenge and say, like, good job, Nicole. You won it for your team. But I will say that her trivia prowess will be completely irrelevant to her team's consideration of her moving forward. And, and I'll say this to future, even though it's already filmed next season of the challenge. Don't now all of a sudden think Nicole's like the smarty pants of the group and have her be like the head honcho of the next year trivia. That will not work out. Well, I think it was overblown that Jenna is the head. Like, I don't think Jenna was like expected to dominate the team. It was just like over me, over me. This is me stepping into Anissa's shoes over Anissa. Jenna will answer the questions. It wasn't like we only have one representative from the team and it's going to be Jenna. Fair. I get it. That's true. Um, Edward Morris wants to know Nicole's performance, total shock or complete luck. I think it's more the luck factor, but I mean, she got them all right. So kudos to her. Um, yeah. So I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, which again, no resolution, nowhere to end on cleanly. I'm just, did you think there was a chance that cliffhanger was going to be who wins the challenge? Cause I would have been super pissed if that was the case. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but that's pretty funny. Like Jamie be like, what's on the back of a $1 bill to be continued? Um, One thing I had a problem with this episode is it was like a lot of cleaning up from last episode and setting up for f- the future episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and it was a great episode. But like, are we set up for failure here? Like, was this like too much content jammed in? Like they didn't have any rise and fall. It was just like action, 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 action. And. And like now when we go back to the regular format, are we going to be like, where's the boom, 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 boom? Like we had just such a great episode. No, because I think the part that they're not showing is one that we're all going to welcome back. And that's for the second straight episode. There was no club scene. So I think the fact that we may lose the scene of Tony and being rushed to the hospital, but be replaced by someone throwing a drink in Kellyanne's face. I think we're all going to be perfectly fine with that. So I think they're still in good shape if they can just reset it and get to the, you know, a little bit of talking and then the challenge and deliberation and club elimination format that we're kind of all used to. Every time you say club scene, I just want to be like, boom, boom, boom. Let me say like that <laughs> song comes into my head. I have never been to a club that has played that song. Like I was not of legal age when that song was popular. I was about to say, I don't think you were going to clubs in 1998. So I'm saying, but like for some reason last week too, when you said the phrase club scene, boom, like just anyway, that's a little insight into me. This will be on the evolution of Alley volume one. Brandon, no one has time or the care to make or listen to that. Um, Brandon Moulet or mullet. Moulet? Mullet. Probably Moulet. Moulet? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, that was fun. Is this season going to set a record for most people who have cheated on their significant other and related Mila Rose said, why do you think this season in particular seems to have so many cheating storylines? Just, I I mean, just to answer the second question, the people who are hooking up all have uh, relationships back home. I feel like that's just a weird coincidence that's worked out that way. I mean, they can't show people hooking up who aren't hooking up and aren't in relationships back home. Got to show what you got to show. But I mean, it does seem like in the later seasons of this or more recent seasons of the challenge, more and more of these people are in relationships back home. And I cannot think of a stupider thing to do in your life than to go on a challenge with a significant other back home. Yeah, I don't know if this is like a casting thing because Corey Thomas and Tony are all newly 
newbies. Um, and if it's like they're trying to cast more of types of people who like play with their lives fast and loose, like, I don't know. Um, but I, and then Corey on the after show tries to backtrack and he's like, well, like things were not great with me and my girl already. It's like, uh, yeah, that's not what you said on the show. And also we know they're not great because you went on the challenge. That's how we know a relationship's not good. Um, okay. So this is a really good question we got from a listener who told me not to try to pronounce their name and call them Peter. But I did look up pronunciations of this person's name because I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go for it. But I really, there were too quick, many. It just never, that question really reminded me of Serial when Sarah Kane just says, like, that's not his real name, but we're going to call him Peter. <laughs> well, I looked up different pronunciations, but there were two. I couldn't get a clear answer. So please do tell me the pronunciation of your name. You know who you are. But great question. Isn't it a bit? But I will respect your wishes not to try to butcher your name. So isn't it a big advantage to be the opposite sex of your loved one? Since they already know ahead of time, whether it'll be a boy or girl elimination, the person who would not be up for a duel can throw the competition to the other team. For example, if it's a boys duel, which I love the use of duel, but if it's a boys duel day, Cara Maria can throw the competition at Jamie's team since she can't be nominated into the duel. Yeah, there's the way this format is set up. There's a lot of different ways for people to manipulate it with throwing challenges. And that's definitely one. It's just a question of can one person throw a challenge? I was just going to say, like in this one, you can't really like you could throw it for yourself, but that doesn't really throw it for the team. No, agree. And even in the last one, like, yes, you could fall and just hope that the right amount of people fall, you know, to not contribute to your team. But I just think some of these people have too big of an ego. Like, I just don't. And and, and they're not. Yes, they want to be safe from elimination. But if Kara, I don't think Kara sees Jamie being sent in and her being sent in because they're tough competitors. So why make waves? Right. Right. And all that does is, yeah, it might buy you that week. But then the next week, they may just target you because they notice you throwing the challenge. So it, it might save you for a week, but the long term benefits probably don't warrant it. Keith Keith wants to know they're not the greatest, but ratings have been going up for a week, going up week after week. Do you guys think that the twists and to be continued are helping? I don't I, I, I don't think so. I mean, maybe the twists are helping. I think maybe the format is is intriguing. That's why people are tr- turning in. But I don't think anyone's just turning on a random episode and seeing it end with a to be continued and be like, oh, well, I don't know anything that's going on, but I'm definitely coming back next week. I also feel like before I did the podcast, I would be like, oh, shoot, the challenge started. Go back and watch like three episodes and then start watching every week. So it may be a product of people like just learning. It came back. That the ratings are going up. Um, and it's also like we've talked about this before that MTV's metric is like the 13 to whatever age bracket. And that's not usually available. So we don't know what the real measure of the ratings are. Plus, apparently they also consider like interactivity. So like they were super thrilled with Are You The One because of all the people playing along, like the options on Twitter online to play along for a trip to Hawaii, apparently like proved to be strong. So there are other things that they consider. Mm-hmm. MTV is weird. And if you think about it, if the, if the majority of people are watching this are age like 13 to 21 or whatever, how many of those people watch live shows? So most of them are watching it live. That's going to be recorded in the ratings anyway. So 
Um, except MTV makes it freaking hard to watch if you're not DVRing right. it or watching <laughs> it live. Super weird. Super weird network. Um, Alex Panda Moran wants to know out of the three teams eliminated in this challenge, Christmas in this challenge, Christmas bloodbath, what are your power rankings of who could have made the biggest impact on the game? Uh, I would go Tony and Shane, like biggest impact, meaning chance to win. It's up for your interpretation, boo. <laughs> I'm just going to try uh, to overuse. Right, boo. I'll do best chance of winning. I'll say Tony and Shane and then maybe I'm, controversial opinion i'll say camilla and larissa then leroy and candace i can't believe you think oh you're you're only comparing it to the three of them okay and then you're like coming out strong with like shane and tony would have won this no no. what for me i'm measuring impact just in terms of like the combo of just like causing drama dealing with the strategy like in terms of the house is going i don't see tony and shane doing anything except going along with what is it the gar the Uh, the, the, uh, the rag the rga 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 (laughs) okay the raga i I don't see them tone i see tony going with the raga because he'll have whoever will take him but shane is like social butterfly everyone loves him so i think like he would have opportunities to do kind of like double dealings Mm -hmm. and play both sides i think i still think leroy and candace probably would have had a better chance to win but it will be interesting to see when the final happens how they control for male female versus male male partners Mm -hmm. um and female female partners i think camilla and larissa kind of showed all they could show at this point like yes camilla would have had more freakouts yes camilla would have further alienated herself from the rest of the veterans yes camilla would have gone to bat for larissa over and over like we got it Mm -hmm. did you pull anything away special from the after show uh not i mean i Tony, nice job of randomly picking up your shirt and showing your six pack, I guess. Good job by him. But nothing, nothing really else. This was I mean, the after shows don't really offer much to begin with. And this kind of more the same. Yeah. I mean, when he's like for everyone who thought it was for TV, I'm like, this is like more situation shit where you just like think of any opportunity to pull up your shirt and like it's a situation um, from Jersey Shore. But yeah, no one thought this your ruptured spleen was for TV. No, no. I my biggest issue is like they don't show Madison there. They show Shane in the hospital. We know Madison was there. They don't talk about really like they don't really Zuri does not hold him accountable for cheating on his girlfriend. Like they're like it's almost like they were protecting him. They don't talk about her having been pregnant then. Like they don't really get to the goods of the fact that he's like a cheating piece of crap. Like we get his montage of douchebaggery but we don't get the explanation we need or want or we and we don't get the trial we need or want you know like mm-hmm. zuri doesn't lets him off and i just was shocked i i don't understand why we are getting mtv protecting tony here yeah they seem to always kind of shrug it off yeah especially just even more so because they brought up the fact that he's going to be a dad like they didn't want to like they didn't hide that aside like they fully asked him are you excited to be a dad they could have said, do you even feel even worse knowing that Madison was pregnant when you were hooking up Christine in the bathroom? They didn't do any of that. So I, I don't know what MTV is thinking. I guess they, and, I don't know, just maybe because Tony's still kind of in that world, MTV family world and Madison really isn't. So, well, we're not clear if they're still together because they're 
his reaction was like, we're going to make it work no matter what. Like things are rocky, but we're making it work. And it's like, was Madison there? Does Madison not want this addressed on television? Would it be more harmful to their unborn child and the mother of his unborn child to address this on national television? I don't know. But just from a viewer's perspective, I was pissed he didn't get burned at the stake. But like maybe it was her wishes, like maybe it was their explicit wishes that they try to cover it as much as possible. Right. I mean, that's possible. It's possible. But it's just like, he's like, uh, I slipped up. Like there was no penetration though. How excited are you to be a father? Like, it's just like so bizarre that like juxtaposition of these two discussions. It's scary how many of these people are having kids now. Um, yeah. Speaking of which Jasmine just had her baby. That was a news update. Mm-hmm. So, so did, did we mention that so did Teresa? I don't remember if we brought that up. But oh, Teresa I did not. Her, Easton, right? Is that her kid's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my heart. No, I think I just knew it. Ah, okay. Well, I follow her. Yeah. Um, Teresa, Jasmine are, are mothers and Tony's a father. It's all what for a, you guys. What a world. Um, yeah, so a hearty mazel tov to all the Christmas babies. And Corey has been offered a starring role in an upcoming box office sensation. Did you see this? I did not, but my interest is, is peaks. Okay. So I will go to my favorites. Okay. So he retweeted Corey's just like a big retweeter of anyone who says anything about him. And his management tweeted that he is to star in an upcoming thriller, Eden falls in 2007. So I obviously had to read more about this. Obviously. The film, this is a direct quote from a press release from Bear Claw Productions or whatever. Okay, it's from horrorfuel.com. Bear Claw Production has announced that they are now in pre-production on their new film titled Eden Falls. The film about a freestyle skiing champion who fall who will do anything to save the woman he loves. Now, that is an incorrect grammatical sentence, but the premise of the film is that a freestyle skiing champion is in love. I mean, that if that doesn't sound like Corey, then I don't know what does. Must watch. Then they further go on to say, we made a conscious effort to go where horror has never gone before. And we came up with a tour de force, which includes ferocious snowboarding, a true American hero, and the most frightening neurosurgeon ever to carve his way across the screen. Your movie promo voice is on point, by the way. I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen. I shit you not. (laughs) That is what real. How many neurosurgeons have carved their way across screens. I feel like Ben Carson may have done that. <laughs> oh, political. Little, we, we haven't touched political yet. We've touched every other sensitive topic. Let's go there. On that note, <laughs> I have nothing else for you. Just a quick uh, fantasy update. Oh my God, I forgot. Yeah, so stop Call eating. Call me mid-sip. Yeah, so stop eating so I can provide that. I'm not eating, I'm drinking water. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm drunk. I'm so drunk. <laughs> Another holiday party. Jesus Christ, Shelly. Come on. All right. So everyone on, I think it's the red team, right? They were the ones who won. But whatever team it was, they all got 10 points for winning. I so miss when it was vets rookies and it was just like we knew which team they were on. <laughs> I just hate the, they couldn't have come up with actual names. They just did red and blue. They should have came up with like tribe names like Survivor. 
That's even more confusing. Uh, Jana and Brianna got points for winning the elimination. Jana got the you kill the points. Amazing. And then for kissing, uh, I did Abram and Cara Maria, Kellyanne and Dario and Corey and Anissa. Now, dude, I I, I want to propose that Anissa potentially admitted that their sexual relationship advanced when the producer was like, you should just go for it. And she was like, who says I haven't? It's, it's not fully confirmed. Bring it to your people. Bring it to your people. Bring it to my people. <laughs> and then I think Camilla got a crying point, but I'm not going to yeah, fight. I, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I suck. Uh, Corey and Nisa for fighting. Uh, and then Camilla and Candace both cried. Uh, I missed the Candace cry, but I'll take those points on her Candace, way out. She, yeah. The best was she was crying when Leroy's like, we're going to go out with our head held high and not cry. And Candace is bawling. So that was. I love it. Uh, and then, yeah, everyone else got points for surviving the episode. So after four weeks. How much am I winning by? You're still up by a lot. Yes. You have on. 700. I have 475. So not good for me. Damn, it feels good. I would be in a lot better shape if you didn't just pick up Abram and Michael. No, but I also just lost Leroy, so let's keep it in perspective. Yeah. Right now, I have, I think I have 11 people left. You have nine. Also, Candace was a great point earner for me. The vomit, the cry. Yeah. Solid pickup. You, if you had to guess, who is the top scoring person so far? Jenna. You are right. Yeah, well, the You Killed It's are over mm. overpriced. Yeah, she she is killing it in many ways this season, so good job by her. Next season, I'm going to find out who these people are that you do the draft with. Your friends, I don't know why I'm acting like they're like your staff. Um, and I'm going to conspire with them before and convince them to drop the You Killed It points, at least down to like one point. If you can convince them of that, then you should be a master negotiator because that's not happening but i'll leave that to your devices i'm putting I'm, I'm doing the work so that i can expand to a chapter three on the evolution of brian one of the people in the league is the person who got me into the challenge in the first place so you got that going and it's he's the person that came on the podcast the one time when you couldn't you got that going somebody had to um get you into the challenge you weren't just like born into it i was not i didn't start watching until freshman year of college my first season was the island what yeah the island that started me oh my head exploded i know 2008 wow. holy shit that was freshman year of college that was seven years ago oh my god i was yeah. watching the real world when i was seven years old <laughs> with my finger on the remote hoping my parents didn't come in because my friend's older sister watched it so mm. I still don't have I have the memory of a goldfish, but I was there. <laughs> I paved these roads. There you go. So you had you had the longevity on me. So good on you. Nah, nah, it doesn't show. That's all I got. All right. I um, gotta go set Merry Christmas, and, bro. Yeah, I gotta go take out the milk and cookies for Santa. So. All right. Oh. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> you can subscribe to this podcast. At, oh, uh, we have a five star review. Shit, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, do you want to do that now? Um, yeah. So thank you very much to, and I just know it off the top of my head. It was Jacob Brabant because he corrected me. Thank you so much for letting me know how to pronounce your name. I really appreciate it when people give me those notes. All right. So scroll, scroll, scroll. 
Should I, if anyone ever watched homestarrunner.com, that's how I feel like right now. Um, okay. So funny. Five stars. This podcast is always one of the highlights of my week. Well, your five-star review is the highlight of my week, Jacob Brabant. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Now you now. can subscribe and also leave us five-star reviews. At robinswebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. Or you can follow me at Bus Drivers Route. And you? Um, at Lash Tweets. We'll be back next time. Two-parter next week because MTV doesn't like us right before the New Year. So who the hell knows when we'll be doing it, but look out for it. Uh, Until then, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and have a good one. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.